Hi, this is the official podcast of Riverside International Church in Lisbon. Riverside is an international, contemporary, caring, and Christ-centered community. Our vision is to significantly impact the country of Portugal and the regions beyond with the gospel. Thank you for listening to us, and we hope that your life will be impacted by these teachings. God bless. Okay, good morning, everyone. We often hear in churches that, you know, church is not just about, it's not just on a Sunday. It goes on on Monday and the rest of the week. And then Monday comes and we forget about this. Because sometimes we don't, we don't always hear the practical side of it. And I think what's so beautiful about this series we're doing is we're going to bring a more practical side to it so that we can hold on to the scriptures that tell us it's not just about Sunday. And it goes further than just when I walk out of this room or out of this building onto the streets. And... Um, yeah, so we're going to look at what it actually means to be a disciple. Last week, Ruben shared about everyday life changes and how sometimes there's, we make so much excuses uh, into to getting to know God more and more so that our lives can be changed every day. And in today's world, when knowledge is so accessible, this is not an excuse anymore. And because we've become so lazy to, to just try and research more, to try and know more, and it's become like a sacrifice to want to know more and to go and research and do more. And that's what I'm going to touch on a little bit today, about how we can make everyday sacrifices so that we, that we can make everyday sacrifices to get to know God more and more and to be more and more like Him. Because sometimes that is a sacrifice to get rid of who we are to be more and more like Him. And so we can become the men and women that God has called us to be here on earth. When I finished university, I went for a little uh, a mission trip to Thailand. And after a lot of broken English and beautiful encounters with Jesus, and a lot and a lot and a lot of noodles and rice, I came back home 10 kgs heavier. But I told my students, you know what, it's okay, it's okay. I'm going to go home, back to South Africa, and I'm going to get a good job, and I'm going to get a good gym contract, and I'm going to work always off, so let's eat some more noodles. So I did. And then um, when I got home, that's what I did. I got a good job, and then I got a good gym contract. And I had a gym buddy, which I highly recommend for everyone. If you're trying to lose weight, get a gym buddy, because it's very good to work together. That's not the point. But point is, she encouraged me to do a marathon. Half marathon. And of course, me, not being the fittest person in the world, said she's mad. I'm not going to do that. After a bit of coaxing and convincing, she fi I finally made up my mind. Okay, fine. Maybe this is what I need to actually lose the weight that I've picked up. So, 21Ks, half marathon. At this point, I couldn't even finish one kilometer without uh, rolling over and not surviving. But... I knew that I had to train to get to 21Ks. It's not gonna, it's not, it was not a thing that was going to happen overnight, that I would just wake up tomorrow morning and sign up for the 21K and then finish it, you know? That's, just, that's not how the world works. That's not how our bodies work. I knew I had to train, and I had to make some sacrifices. So, in, so I had one year to, to get to the 21K. And in this one year, I had to sign up for a couple of other smaller races as mini motivations to get to the big one. Okay, so in the year, I would get some friends and we would, we would run on weekends, we would do some, some races and things, 
When I say races, it's not that I was actually fast, okay? It's just a run that's official that I pay for and I get a medal. So don't get confused. I'm not really fast. I just ran a lot. And, um, but if I ran 10K on the weekends without training in the week, I would die on a Saturday morning when I'm busy trying to run. And worse than that is the two and a half day pain that follows. I think some of you all know, you know, when you're trying to get up afterwards and your legs just don't give in or just don't give. Um, and, but I had to sacrifice in the week without not going to my friends, not taking a, a nap after work, or even on Saturday mornings having to wake up early. I remember countless times when I would tell my friend, why do we do this to ourselves? Waking up at 5 a.m. in the morning, the sun isn't even out, but we are up for what? On a Saturday. I wake up early in the week. Why must I wake up early on the weekends? But I knew that there was a, a goal in mind. I knew that I had to make it to the 21K. When March came, I, I had been accepted for the 21, uh, Two Oceans Marathon. We, if any of you go to Cape Town and you are a runner, I recommend this race. It is the most beautiful race you can ever run. It's the most exciting race that you can do. And I finished it, and I was so excited. And for me, more than just having to finish that race was to look back and see I did all that to work to, to where I am, to, to how I got to on that day. Where I finished that race, not painless, it was very, very painful still, but smoothly, I ran a good race. And I could say, well done, Joda, you worked towards something and you finished it. And it was such a beautiful um, experience, but I knew that I had to sacrifice some Saturday mornings, some chill time after work, and for, for, a, for a goal that was more than just a nap that I could take. And in the same way, if we want to become who God has called us to be, there are some sacrifices we're going to have to make in our lives, in this journey that we are in. My journey was one year to, to prep for this race. But our journey, some of us, it can be a week. No, that's, a, I don't know. It can be a couple of years, a couple of months. It's for, for each of us, it looks different. But each of us has the same thing. We have to sacrifice something to, so that we can get to the end goal of being more and more like Jesus. And I want us to look at Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. Um, and if someone could read this for me. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, is good, pleasing, and perfect will. God has called us to be living sacrifices as our true and proper worship. I want to highlight that idea that we are living sacrifices. If we go back to the Old Testament, we can read countless times about how people uh, in, in, in the Israelites had to sacrifice things for God, had to sacrifice animals, had to slaughter an animal and put him on the altar and... Um, and make a sacrifice as an offering to God. And there are various ways that you could have done this. There are various reasons that you would do it. And it would be, um, it's countless, the amount of things. Well, it's not countless. But it, I'm, what I'm trying to say is that it's so many that you have to do so many times. And in Leviticus, we can read, um, if the, 
this is this, uh, you can read about the different kinds of offerings and different kinds of sacrifices that, that you make. But I just want to highlight this main thing. If the offering is a burnt offering from the flock, from either the sheep or the goats, you are to offer a male without defect. And it goes on with some instructions. But what I want to highlight is this point that it says, it is a burning offering, a food offering, an aroma pleasing to the Lord. This was the main idea. No matter how they sacrificed it, no, not no matter, no matter what the instructions were, because they were, for each um, sacrifice, there was a different way to sacrifice it or for a different reason to sacrifice it. But overall, when they would put that animal on the altar, the aroma that would go up to the Lord would be a pleasing sacrifice, would be a pleasing aroma. And the same for us, when we sacrifice our lives, our time, our uh, um, resources and things, we want to lift up a pleasing aroma to God. Not one out of grudging or obligation, but one that God looks down upon us and says, that's my child, I'm proud of you. I just like to imagine this idea that God is looking down on you and just like woofing up that sweet smelling aroma, you know? Who's ever had a, a braai or a, a barbecue as the rest of the world says? In my country we say braai. You know when you put the meat on the grill, it's just like that, mm, it's going to be good. It's going to be a good dinner. It's going to be a good lunch. I'm not saying God's thinking the exact same, but I'm just trying to give you an analogy <laughs> of how that sweet smelling aroma is so beautiful. It gets you excited like, yes, doing something good, doing something right for God. And as much as this is so beautiful that we get a, you know, a kudos from God, a tick, well done, my good and faithful servant. It's not the main point. It's not... Um, we have to realize that we are doing this for more than just that kudos or more than just that image of God looking down on us and saying, so good, my son, so good, my child, and, and woofing up your good-smelling aroma. It's more than that. It's, there's a whole bigger picture than, than it's just us as individuals. And that purpose is for kingdom building. We do what we do as a sacrifice for God so we can see God's kingdom expanded here on earth. We want to see that others, we want others to see God through us, through our actions, not for our own um, self-conscious or our own um, self-centeredness that we can feel better about ourselves, but it's so that others can see God in us. And that can sometimes mean that what's a pleasing sacrifice to God doesn't necessarily mean it's a pleasing action from ourselves. Sometimes we are called to do things that we don't want to, but we know that this is for a greater purpose and it goes beyond us, and that it's for God's uh, glory and not for our own. And that could mean it's not so pleasurable or not so exciting for us. Because God is more pleased with the condition of our heart. Even though sometimes you have to do things that we don't like to do, but we know that we are doing it for a greater purpose. We know that we are doing it for God because that means it comes from, the, from our hearts. There's a, there's a difference between what our hearts uh, think, what our hearts think, and what our minds think sometimes. And that's the, that's the, the connection we have to make. We have to, we have to make the switch from... Our, our minds might not be, be excited about doing a specific action, but our hearts need to be tuned 
to look to God, look further than what we, are, we, are, we have to do right now, and make that sacrifice because it's for more than us. Because the true fact is that our actions is not a favor to God. God is sovereign, God is all-powerful, and there's nothing that's impossible for Him. What we are doing for Him right now, He can do Himself. Because He is that great. He is the God above all gods. He's the King above all kings. He created each and every one of us, and He is sovereign. So He doesn't need us, and we're not doing Him a favor when we do this. But we do this because we want to worship Him, and because it is our, our offering that we want to pre- uh, present to Him. And again, it's the attitude that we present our offering to God. Not out of obligation, because we, we know that we have to do this. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go into more specifics later. But I just want us to remember that, that it's not about our doing it out of obligation, because we need to do it, but because we want to do it, and because we want to please our Father in heaven. And the offerings that we make, like I said, is not for our own uh, conscious of our own to get a tick off the, on the list like you did a good job my son it is so that others can see uh, see the good works that God is doing in us so that um, they can see that it's not in myself that I'm doing this but it's in the strength of God that I'm doing this we can read in Matthew 5 in the same way let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. The verse says, we can, this, this is a very um, common, I don't know if I can say that, but like, it's a more popular verse that we, we, most of some of us know this verse already, and it starts with saying that we are the salt and the light of the earth. And, but this one, I just wanted to, to highlight this, that, um, it says that we shine, but not that we can put our, our, our brightness under a basket. Or we can hide, we, we do it for ourselves, or we can hide in a room and just do it so that we can have this personal little encounter with God only. But it's so that others can see God through us. When I do something that I don't want to, but others can see that my attitude is in the right place, that my attitude is looking beyond that I, the, the action that I'm actually doing. I want them to see she's not doing this for herself, but she's doing this because she's doing it with the strength that God has given her. And even though that might not always be evident for some people, but that's the kind of, um, that's, that's what we want to give off. That's what we want to try and do each day is to make sure that, that God is seen in us and not that we are trying to put off our own selves as a great person. And we honor God through honoring each other in our actions. So the things that we do on this earth, we are all in community. Whether you are an introvert or not, we are all in some way in a relationship with someone. And our actions, they speak louder than words. I don't know if any of you have heard this before. My mother says it a lot when I have to do the dishes. But actions speak louder than words. Sometimes people need to see what we have to do. Sometimes people have to see what we, what we want to say. Does that make sense? Like if I want to say that I love someone, it's great to say that, but sometimes we need to show it as well. 
And I want us to just touch on this, on this next uh, uh, chap verse, Romans 12, verse 9 to 21. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, It is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. The passage is a bit long. And there's a lot of information that goes in it. So I would suggest that even after this um, the Sunday, you would go back into this passage and you would take it line for line and go through it. There's a lot of details in here of a way and, and a lot of um, a list of things that you can put into practice every day of your life. But I want to go back to the beginning. If you could go back a slide, yeah. Which, and I love how this... Um, passage starts, love must be sincere. Sincerity is the absence of deceit or pretense, meaning that I'm not here to be fake or to, be, to put on an act in front of you, but it comes from the depth of my heart. And when we can realize this, when we can get this right, all the rest of these things, however many they may be, flows a bit easier. I'm not saying it's easy. It just flows a bit easier because we do it out of a, sinc a sincere heart. For example, when I think of the people in church, there are so many here that I love sincerely who have become like my family, even people that I just met today because I know that you are, um, you are in, the, in the family of God. And so the rest of these things come a bit easier for me. For example, Doris just got a new job, so I love her sincerely, and therefore, I'm going to rejoice with her as she rejoices about her new job. When I hear something terrible about someone's family member, I'm going to mourn with them sincerely because I can see that they are, um, are hurting, and I hurt with them because we don't want to see our loved ones hurting, and so we feel that pain with them because my love is sincere for those that I know. And... Maybe some of you, it's also easy. When you know someone, it's easier to, to love in action. But on the contrary, when we walk down the streets and we see someone, it's not so easy to love them. But God is calling us to love everyone, to do what we do to our neighbors as we would do to the person around on the other side of the world. 
We have to be equal, we have to be fair, we have to love everyone with sincerity. And although that might be difficult, there are some things that we can still do uh, to, to convey this. I have an example. I was trying to think of an example last night, and some of you might have gone to the GLS summit. And I remember there was a, a video of this man who was trying to be, to be bold and getting rejections, and he went to a uh, crusty cream, a donut shop, and he wanted to, uh, he asked them for some super intricate order. But he was expecting them to say no. But this woman, with all of her sincerity, she really wanted to do a good job and she really wanted to please someone who was a complete stranger to her and do the best that she can. In the end, it's a long video. I'm, I think you can get it in an application that you, if you want to see it. I'm not sure. Ask Ruben. But the whole point was, that she, she did this out of the sincerity of her heart, that she really wanted to please someone and do a good job with, with who she is. She works at the donut shop, and for her, this was an honor to do something for someone else. And maybe this example doesn't make sense to you right now, but I want you to think of your own, of your own, of a, of a time when you had rejected someone that was a stranger to you because you just didn't care. And think about how you could have done that better. Because we are called, because through our action, to a stranger, it can call them closer to God. In the same way, we have to, I'm just going to pull out a few of these things, but I really want to encourage you to go back and study this on your own, this, this passage. Um, practice hospitality. Third from the bottom. Hospitality is such a key thing in, in our lives. Some of us might not think that, oh, we don't have the gift, but hospitality doesn't always have to mean I'm going to give someone a bed to sleep on which is great, you can give someone a bed to sleep on, but it's also just being a smile, being a conversation. I, have a, I always tell the hospitality team who, who work at the church, you just need to show someone that they are welcome in this family, that they are part of this. Even if they come here for the first time, their only job is to make someone feel welcome, is for someone to feel like, okay, this is a, a comfortable place to be in, and I want to be here. So they have to talk to the person, be genuinely interested in the person. And that's my idea of hospitality. Yes, you can give someone a bed, you can give someone food, which is really good. But you need to be someone that's genuinely interested in someone else. And not just there for the conversation to talk about yourself, but to genuinely want to know about other people's needs and other people's interests. I personally struggle, I think it's the next slide, Alana, with this one... Um, Verse, verse 17, if, if you're following in your Bible, it's verse 17. That says, um, where's my verse 17? Just a second. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. Sometimes these things are struggle. These things are not going to be the easiest thing in the world just because you love sincerely. But sometimes I, there are things that, that you struggle with. And I myself, have, I, if I look at this passage, I have to identify that there are some things that I just can't do in my own strength. And I need God to, be, to overcome this. And the first thing is for me to recognize that, that I cannot do this without God. And I need Him and I struggle with this. And then I need to work towards that. I need to pray every day, God, you know I hold grudges. You know I'm not quick to forgive. You know that my natural impulse is to give a negative reaction. But I don't want to do that because that is not good for God's kingdom. That is not a good representation of who God is in my life. 
And I need to ask him continuously to make me a lover and not a fighter. And I don't know if any of these passages right now, any of these scriptures call out to you something that you are struggling with and something that you need to focus on, something that you need to sacrifice, something that's not you naturally, but you need to work away on that so that you can become more and more like God. I looked up the, the word sacrifice. I asked my good friend Google, and he said this, Sacrifice is a loss or something you give up, usually for the sake of a better cause. In this case, the better cause is, of course, for those, for others to see God in me, for me to look more and more like God, to reflect His goodness. And that doesn't come natu naturally to me. And that's something that I have to give up. I have to give up me so that I can put on more of God. We have to give up our natural impulses for a godlier one and our fleshly desires for a heavenly one. And this is not just a one-time thing. It's not just the one time of making this fancy donut thing for the man. It's an ongoing thing. It's your consistency. Consistency means I say what I do and I do what I say, but also it means I do it every day. I had the same attitude and not a roller coaster as I go on as in my relationship. It doesn't mean that I can't fail because failure is a natural thing and we will fail. But it does mean that I have to recognize that I failed, repent, and keep trying. Keep trying to strive for faithfulness in my attitude. Keep trying to be consistent even if it's difficult. And we pursue all these things because we want to become a reflection of him that is in us. In 1 Peter 2 verse 12, it says, Live such good lives among the pagans, that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. We have to ask ourselves, what are we doing that honors God? Or more importantly, what are we doing what are we not doing that we should be doing so we can work on that? Well, in fact, you have to ask yourself both those questions so that you can continue and work on and be consistent in the things that you are doing right and then figure out what can I work on and strive to do better. Know that it's not, it's, it's, you're not a failure because you don't get all these things right. But we are children of God who need God. If we didn't need God, then what was the point of God, you know? So we need God every day. And through this, through striving to know God, we're going to need him more because we want to be like him, so he has to be in us. What sacrifices should I be making that my life reflects the God that I serve? I, I'm, I'm going to say it again. Go home, reflect through Romans 12, and see what is it that I can be doing better? What is it that I can be challenging myself more and more each day? I just mentioned one, but it's certainly not, not the only one. It's just the one that pops up the most to me. I don't know if, if I said this before in the church, but I'm going to say it again. I once heard this, that someone asked Michelangelo, the guy who carved the David statue, some of you are familiar with the David statue in 
Was it ever Satchel? You heard the answers? It's there. And someone asked him, how are you going to make this big marble block, it was just a block when you started, look like David? And Michelangelo replied, I'm going to carve away everything that doesn't look like David. Simple, right? We can all be artists. But the point is, he had to carve away everything that doesn't look like David so that the block could look like it, is, like it does today. If you can Google it, you'll see. Or you can go there. We are in Europe now, so you can go there quickly, kind of. In the same way, we have to examine ourselves. What about me doesn't look like God? What do I have to sacrifice of myself, of my time, of my resources? What do I have of me that doesn't represent who God is? What am I listening to? What am I taking in that doesn't represent who God is? And how can I take that away? Although it might be a sacrifice like that block had to be hurt and with a knife and carving things, so we have to be carved and it will be painful. It's a sacrifice we have to make, but it needs to be made if, you, if our end goal is what we want it to be. And we will pray this prayer together. I want to sacrifice my time, my resources, and my life so that there will be no doubt that I love God and I love others. Earlier I told the story about how I did this race and I had to sacrifice some of my time and some of my, um, my energy to get to an end goal. And at that, for that to happen, I had to know what the end goal was. I had to know I'm waking up every morning to run even though I don't want to, even though I could be sleeping later, I had to know that I was, gonna, I knew that the pain was coming, but I knew that and I did it anyway because I knew that there was an end goal in mind. When the goal is tangible, it might be easier. When we know the goal, the, the, the road to get there is easier. And I, want, and I want us to focus on the goal that we want to love God more and to reflect his goodness more. And that there will be no doubt about it. That when people look at me, they see God, and that they see that I love him. And that I love you. I love, we love each other. And this will be clear in our lives and our actions every day. I'm going to ask the band to come up as we, we just uh, close up. Our goal is to love the Lord, our God, our Creator. Our goal is to show others that we are here for Him and not for ourselves, that we want to glorify Him and not want ourselves to be lifted up higher. And when we can know this, when we can put this as our life statement, the, the daily things that we have to do make more sense. I'm going to forgive easier because I know that when I hold a grudge against someone, it blocks our relationship. It creates unnecessary tension in a room. I'm going to love easier because I know that through love, so much more can be done. And we will know 
that our sacrifices is for a greater purpose, more than just this moment that we are living in now, more than just that pride that has to go away as we humble ourselves to ask for forgiveness or to say I'm sorry, because the purpose is greater than us. We are just a speck in this world, but the world is so much bigger. God's creation and God's power is so much bigger than me and my little grudge that I have against someone. And I want us to keep that in mind when we, when we go through this daily sacrifices. Is that it's okay because there's a greater purpose in it. There's so much more that we can't see right now, but we will see one day. It will be revealed to us when Jesus comes back. The verse in, in, in Peter says that God's deeds, the, your good deeds will be seen and God will be glorified on the day that He visits us. On the day that God, that can be when the day that God visits the person who you are being good to and, and he becomes a, a Christian or she becomes a Christian. Or it can be the day that Jesus comes back again and everything will be revealed to us. So though our pain is seems great now, it's nothing compared to the glory and the revelation that we will see when Jesus comes back. So let's keep that in mind as we sacrifice our lives, our day-to-day actions and our resources every day. We hope that God has touched your heart with the message that he wants to tell us. If you would like to be updated with the things that are happening in our church, you will follow us on Facebook and Instagram by searching for Riverside Lisbon. Thank you for listening.